I do want to talk about the season as a whole, this upcoming season. What could it entail with Stefania Bell now joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, ESPN injury and fantasy analyst. You can also catch her on Twitter at Stefania underscore ESPN. Stefania, thank you so much for the time. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm listening to those names. I'm stuck on Bryce Age. You like, like the Bryce one. Age? You like that, huh? <laughs> we, we have entered the Bryce Age. We are all very excited. Everybody was uh, very much so um, on board with that pick at the number one overall selection, especially when we were doing some remotes out there. And that's exactly where I want to lead, uh, Stefania. I, everybody that was a little worried about Bryce Young being the top pick was that he was too short was that even if Kyler Murray is also a shorter QB that was selected a few years ago, he was stockier. Russell Wilson, a stockier QB, and Bryce Young is coming in weighing it like, what, we were worried about 180, shows up to the combine, even if he was close to 200. Oh, well, that's just him putting on weight. He's going to lose that as soon as he gets back to playing shape. Asking you, the injury analyst that you are, how worried are you about Bryce Young's size, how it translates to the NFL, and if he'll be able to last? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's always hard because we, we've seen guys who are all different sizes uh, either struggle or have success. So I don't think there's enough data um, because the sample size on the slider quarterbacks is, is relatively limited. I mean, you've named some names there, but uh, the guys who are run around the same height dimensions as Bryce Young tend to be a little bit um, stockier, if you will. And so I, I think it's more perception chatter than actual data chatter. The, the comp that came to mind for me more was Russell, I mean, not Russell Wilson, but Drew Brees, even though he has a couple inches on him, I think of him more in the same frame of as being a slighter quarterback, right? And not necessarily a guy that you expected to run a ton. So a pocket passer who was relatively slight. Obviously, Drew Brees had the one major injury to his shoulder at the very early phase of his career to the point where nobody really wanted him to play. The Saints took a chance, and we all know what happened there. So I think one of the things, and Bryce Young is certainly aware of it, is you do have to avoid the pressure. You have to do everything you can to protect yourself. You have to be smart about not standing in too long and taking unnecessary hits. That's every quarterback, really. So I don't know that it changes that much for him, but maybe he's more alerted to it or aware of it because there's been so much talk about his size. Well, and Stefania, let's say we put you a part of the front office with Carolina. You're you're somewhere on the staff, and you are giving your opinion on whether they should draft Bryce Young because we know the accuracy is there. We know that the pedigree is there based off what he was able to accomplish at Alabama. Would the size have been enough for, for you to deter from uh, drafting him and, and decide to go with the C.J. Stroud? Or I, I know with some of those concerns that you share, there's not enough data. But based off the way that you were feeling about him coming into the NFL, would any of those concerns been enough to uh, have you draft a different quarterback, number one overall? No, I, I, I don't I don't think so. It wouldn't have – that alone, let's put it this way, right. that alone would not have forced me in a different direction because, again, there's not – enough to say i think it's a perception issue more than a reality issue you cannot point to anything and say well he is going to be more inclined to be hurt because of this you know you you could make an argument um that some of the bigger guys who are more like tree trunks are more at risk of knee injuries in the pocket because 
they're taller, the way they're going to get hit by the lineman is going to be more likely to put them at risk for a catastrophic knee injury or that uh, they're going to fall harder than a slighter, uh, less stocky build of a quarterback. You, you can make the argument either way and without good evidence to support the case one way or another. I'd be hard-pressed to say this is a reason we should pivot. Stefania Bell joins us on the Body Works Plus guest line. You can follow her at Stefania underscore ESPN. And Stefania, we talked about your comments earlier this offseason about Miles Sanders when Carolina brought him in. And we know for a rookie quarterback, there are a lot of factors to help them feel more comfortable. But what do you feel uh, about Miles Sanders coming into week one? Is he the guy that's going to be the most important to Bryce Young and his comfort on Sunday if he can establish some type of ground attack? Well, I certainly think so. I mean, you know, he's the veteran. He's obviously a talent. It's interesting. I think the biggest question comes from the fact that he came from uh, a team where there was certainly a committee approach to the running backs. And the question is, how does Miles Sanders hold up to the volume? And then when you you hear about the hints of a groin injury, um, in the summer and you worry, does that portend for things to come? Is this going to end up being a problem if he sees substantially increased volume? Um, obviously, it sounds like he, he's healthy now and we're not worried about him going into week one. But the question is more, is he able to hold up to the demands that you expect are going to be placed on him? This is an opportunity for him to showcase the fact that he's been a better pass catcher of late. I think he can do a lot of things to help Bryce Young out. Like you said, if they can establish a ground game, it gives, opens up more opportunities. Obviously, you guys have some uh, injuries in the, in the wide receiver position. So uh, I think it's important that Miles Sanders gets off to a good start. And I don't see any reason why he won't. We just don't know that he's been tested in the way that he'll be utilized in Carolina. And then uh, branching off of that, when, when you talk about the different injuries and certainly something we don't hope to see, but you bring in Adam Thielen to be your number one wide receiver, and it looks like uh, during this preseason they've established a great connection. But with his advanced age in that position, how worried should Panthers fans be about Thielen being able to uh, get through this season relatively healthy? I love, I, this is always my favorite part is when we talk about advanced age and the guy's 33 years old. It makes me, <laughs> it <laughs> right. <hurts> me. <laughs> but you're right for, for wide receiver age, although, you know, wide receivers tend to hit their prime later than some other positions like running back. For example, they certainly have more longevity in the league. There's no doubt that you start getting concerned about the ultimate wear and tear. I mean, Adam Thielen's been playing professional football since, the year 2014 and if you look at his durability record it was solid the first five years that he played he played all 16 games of course that's when there were only 16 games but then you saw some of the injury things start to catch up he has had some lower extremity injuries in the last couple of years although he did manage to play all 17 games last year and now we know he's dealing with an ankle issue i you, you just do worry that guys start to break down a little bit more. That's naturally a risk that comes with a more veteran receiver. The hope is that the balance is that, for the most part, as a, a pedigree, his injury history is pretty solid, and that the player knows how to take care of themselves a little bit better by the time they get to this stage of their career. 
ESPN injury and fantasy analyst Stefania Bell joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. All right, I have another injury question for you here about J.C. Horn because with Bryce Young, we're talking about how do we prevent it. With J.C. Horn, it's the same thing, but we do have some evidence with his two-year career so far here, Stefania. Missed a lot of games his rookie season, had the fractured foot last year, had the chest, the rib sprain. He had the wrist injury, had a successful surgery, which is always great when it's successful, but had the wrist surgery there as well. I, I, what is uh, what is the risk of re-injury for J.C. Horn after having two seasons in a row now where you've had different injuries that he suffered? Right, and let's not forget in the offseason, he had an ankle injury that, right, he, right. that occurred when he was working out, and even though he's in good shape now and it's a non-issue, it was something that put him in a walking boot for a couple of weeks. And I think it's, I'm not worried necessarily about these individual injuries that you referenced being a problem again, but it's more about the collection. As you point out in the last couple of years, he's had a variety of ailments that have cost him substantial amount of missed time for his relatively young career in the league. And you can't escape that. So if you're if you're putting him up against other players, he certainly got an asterisk by his name because of that. Now, so we've seen players go on and go on to multiple seasons uh, of being able to stay on the field, you know, playing maybe all but one or two games. Uh, but guys are going to get banged up. Do you expect them to miss one, two, three games perhaps? But we're talking about trying to avoid missing more than half the season like he did in his rookie year. And I, I think it's a legitimate concern that you raise. Like, you, you, there's not something you can point to and say, oh, yeah, I'm worried about this coming back. Because the type of injuries he's had, he should be fully recovered from, and you're not worried about an aggravation of those or a recurrence of those. But the fact that he has been more vulnerable to injury in general that does raise a concern. Well, and, and the guys make fun of me, especially my producer always makes fun of me for constantly bringing up um, your Keenan Allen reference a few years back that stuck with me. <laughs> is there an unlucky, uh-huh. is he unlucky or is uh-huh. he unhealthy, right? Like there is a difference. And so I, I it's nice to hear that hopefully JC Horn can get back from those injuries, but yeah, it's been a concern for the first two seasons. And, and Stefania, we've also talked in the past about how the previous coaching regime under Matt rule would handle injuries. We look at Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. for some reason McCaffrey would be out there and we'd all kind of put our hands in the air and let's get this guy healthy before we put him out there in a week five matchup that doesn't necessarily matter I want to know how Reich and his staff have handled injuries in your opinion with the Colts in the past compared to what rule and maybe even previous regimes did here in Carolina yeah you know I think um from what I've observed in the past you know most recently with the Colts where Frank Reich was I think you know there's a, a certain healthy respect for, you know, players who have injuries and, and deferring to the medical staff as appropriate for when those players are to return. Um, look, we saw they had one of the, the biggest injury situations there recently with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we know that they dealt with a number of injuries on the, on the, on the front line in, in Indianapolis. And I think that uh, the main thing for me is when I'm looking at, staff and injury management just sort of globally versus single player is that you feel like the coaches are really completely uh, divorced from it in the sense of they defer to the medical staff, they're making the decisions and the coach is like, just let me know who's available without trying to influence it one way or the other. I think the challenge, and we may have talked about this before, and that rule came from college 
And when, when you're a coach in college, those lines are a little bit blurrier. And we see that there's a lot of conversation between what's happening uh, with the players and their medical. And, and it takes, um, you know, I, I like to think that most coaches respect what's coming from the medical staff and aren't leaning on the players to get back. And there is some pressure that the players put on themselves in the NCAA as well because they're trying to get playing time if they have um, draft goals because they know that time they miss might hurt their career opportunities. Whereas once you're in the NFL, that's a different equation. Uh, guys tend to want to take care of themselves. So when they return, they can perform at hundred percent. So some of that comes from the players as well. But I do think when you see coaches come from college immediately to the NFL environment, uh, there's sometimes frustration. And if those things are conveyed even in subtle ways to the players and there starts becoming a pressure for the player to feel like they need to get back, it can be problematic. It's hard to recover in season from some of these injuries and be able to perform at your full potential. And, and like you said, we talked about McCaffrey and the volume that our demands that were placed on him at times where it felt like that shouldn't be the case so soon. I think it's, I think it's part of the reason, at least, it's at least contributed to why it was tough for him to get healthy while he was still there. And then, Stefania, last thing, we know that you are part of, part of ESPN's fantasy football coverage, and a lot of drafts are done now. So I was going to ask you, did the Panthers uh, have or what is their most draftable player? But I guess since a lot of drafts have happened, I would ask you going into week one, are there any good sleeper plays coming off of this Carolina roster uh, that people might be able to have some success with? Right. Well, you you know, we talked about the obvious to start, and I think, you know, Miles Sanders is certainly the player that most people, if I was surveying drafts, I would bet you that he was the most drafted uh, you know, player for fantasy teams probably as a, a second running back would be about where he would fall, kind of a lower end RB2. And that, that could change, um, certainly depending as, as we see how he's deployed in this offense. But the one for this week specifically that we're talking about, you know, a little bit of a sleeper, a little dart throw might be Jonathan Mingo because DJ Shark's going to be out. We already know that. Adam Thielen, don't know how healthy the ankle is. Sounds like Thielen is going to try to play, but we, we don't know that for sure yet. Um, and so maybe Jonathan Mingo is somebody to look at. If you're looking for a flex option in your fantasy lineup this week, I uh, could see a fair number of targets coming his way. That is the voice of Stefania Bell helping us out with some Carolina Panthers injuries. Hopefully there's not going to be many more going on in the upcoming season, but we know how the sport works out. Stefania Bell, ESPN injury and fantasy analyst. I have been consuming all of the content from the podcast. She appears on fantasy focus pod anywhere you get your pods, a part of ESPN. Stefania, thank you so much uh, for the time. We always appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.